The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. people they're just so popular is it all your men trying to get a hold of you probably every single one of them how many men you got can you count them i can <laughs> i have two tied up in the basement that's all i have <laughs> Still tied up in the basement. Still, you got that cable man. I do. And who was it? Oh, yeah, the Cracker Barrel the man. Crack, yep, the Cracker Barrel. Uh, one. I Kim is am cold. Kim is desperate. Yeah, it's cold in here. We should have opened that door so it could warm up in here. Shut up. Kim and I are blanketed up. Mm-hmm. We're nice and cozy. It's very chilly in here. And mine has penguins on it. Penguins. Mine has the Golden Girls because this is the blanket you got me for Christmas. Amber loved penguins. She always said, anytime we'd go to the zoo, she'd always say, Mom, can we take one of them home and make them live in our bathtub? (laughs) So penguins have kind of got a special place in my little heart. Oh, little cute penguins. Yes, I have a lot of them too. I think I have two blankets that has penguins on them and God only knows what else. Well, for the people joining us today, they're going to know that they don't hear a certain voice. Something's missing. Someone is missing. A fabulous person who you're used to hearing is not here today with us. Yep. How sad. He's ill. He's ill. He, you know, but that happens. You're around people. Mm -hmm. You get sick. Yep, it does. That's what happens to me when I'm around people. But I don't like people. I mean, COVID's going around really bad right now for some reason. And I have, so my Christmas was nothing but a shit show because this is actually after Christmas. You're nothing but a shit show. Well. (laughs) Story of your (laughs) life. My daughter and her stepsister got into a big argument. So, Josh, I almost called you Josh. I miss Josh. We look the same. I miss Josh really bad. We look like twins. Yeah, you do. You're very much. We just. Very much like we are. I have the, a special little thing, a special little thing. Do you have money for me? I don't have money for you. However, I do have a date for our sleepover. I'll put twenty dollars on my G string. I'll let you. Huh. You don't want to do that. 
pass. <laughs> All right. Here, what if I just go? I mean, I'll give you what I have in my pocket. Is it Lent? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Did you broke? Maybe my fingernail that I lost. Kim, you just flipped me off. And that's that's, that, my, that's what that's happened new? to your fingernail? I told you I lost it. Well, I wasn't listening. I literally just found out you lost your fingernail. What did you tell me you lost your fingernail? I didn't. Well, I actually I lost it the morning before Christmas Eve. Mm. Yeah, it was the day before Christmas. How'd you Eve. lose it? It just came off. Sometimes they do off. that. Yeah. And so it, it's not your real fingernail, though. It's a no, but my nail underneath it because I I mean my nails are this long now. Mm. But so my nail underneath it was really long, but it was so paper thin you could just go like this and it just bend down. Mm. I'm like, cut that off. Okay, Kim. Now what do you have for us? Oh, I have a date. A date. Oh yeah. Tell a us date about the date. For our sleepover. Yeah, what is it? Our sleepover is gonna be on January twenty sixth. That's a Friday. Yeah. And we're gonna do it at ten PM Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So if you have no idea what we're talking about right now, Kim designed this little event. For us to do, yes. we're going to go live on Patreon on the date that she just gave you. What date was it again? January 26th. At what time? 10 p.m. At 10 p.m., Josh and I are staying the night at Kim's house, mm-hmm. and we are going to do a seance. Yes. Well, we're going to do a Ouija board experiment. Do, yep, a Ouija board. Experiment. And a pendulum. We're yeah, we're that. going to see what those things are all about. Kim and I have never been involved in anything like that. No. So Josh is going to teach us the ways, and we are going to do it live Mm -hmm. on Patreon. Yeah, we're trying to come up with some other little fun things. Fun events, yeah. Yeah, that we can either do or maybe maybe even a game to play. Yeah, on that day. Or maybe even give away a prize on that day. Yeah. So for you procrastinators that keep saying, oh, I'm going to sign up for Patreon, I'm going to sign up for, you better do it before the 26th or you're just not going to get to watch us. Yeah, you might see Kim and her BVDs. That would be a no. <laughs> However, you will probably see Kim in her pajamas because that's Well, it. we're all going to be wearing our pajamas. I mean, it's going to be 10 okay. o'clock. What else? I mean, well, when you're at home, you're in your pajamas all day. I might even. I'll FaceTime you at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're in your pajamas. Why get dressed if you're not leaving anywhere? Yeah, but if I don't get dressed, if I'm staying at home working, I feel blech. Like, just disgusting. I have to get dressed. Because and you're disgusting to begin with. That is not very nice, Kim. You're not very nice to me. So, Kim, in one of our last episodes, I talked about how one of my friends had asked me to talk to their child, you know, and they wanted me to be the person that their child comes to when they have a question mm-hmm. about yeah. growing up. Right. That you were going to be the man in there. Yes, the man. Teaching them how to do manly things. And it lasted for one conversation, (laughs) and I ruined it. Well, after that whole recording, I remembered one other incident with a different child where I just didn't know how to handle it. But I also don't have children, so it kind of wasn't my fault. So I was at home one day. See, this is the problem here. People that have children know that you don't have children and still ask you to do advice for them. Yeah, no. I know. That, 
I know. I would never do that. I know. So I was at home one day, minding my own business, enjoying myself, watching Unsolved Mysteries, probably. and Or Golden Girls. Probably. Either one. And one of my friends just sent me a message and said, hey, I'm getting called into work. I have no one who can watch my son. Is there any way you would mind watching him? And I thought... I mean, do you have no other choice? Because I've never watched a child before. And they said, nope, I don't have anyone else who can watch when I have to be at work in 30 minutes. And I, I know was where like, this is going. I know. And I thought, well, I guess you can just drop him off for a few hours. That's fine. And I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, you give the child food. I have a bathroom. Everything's going to be fine. At the time, he was probably, I don't know. Three? Yeah, probably. Four? I don't know. Probably I, around three. I, I really can't tell children's ages, you know? So she drops them off. Everything was fine. I know the kid's name. We know each other. Well, Everything's a, fine. Knowing their know? name is a big step. <laughs> <laughs> he knows my name. I know his name. We're golden, pony mm-hmm. boy. So eventually, I have a friend who is over at the house, and... The kid goes to the bathroom and, you know, perfect, no situation. After a while, I start noticing that I've not seen this child for a little bit. And this is why I would never (laughs) trust you with a child. Right. I didn't even trust you with my teenage child when I met you. I guess she wasn't. She wasn't. She was in the car with me. I drove her sometimes. Uh, Only because she was big enough that she could tell me if something went wrong. (laughs) That's true. But anyway, so. My friend, who was a female, went and checked on him. And she went up to the door and she's like, hey, are you okay? And she realized that he was saying my name. And so she comes over to me and she's like, "Um, Shane, he keeps saying your name. And I was like, well, why is he doing that? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't know. Maybe you should go check on him. And I was like. But he's in the bathroom. I don't want to go check on him. Like I don't know what he wants. After a while, maybe he'll come out, you know. Well, after a while, he wasn't coming out. So I went over there and I was like, hey, knocked on the door. Everything okay in there? <laughs> and he's like, I had an accident. Oh, boy. Yeah, there was a big whole accident. And it was all over his clothes. <sighs> Children are messy. Well, the problem, no. I know. The problem was a couple things. One was that I didn't have any more clothes for him at my house. And two, I didn't have any more clothes for him at my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, we're going to put your pants in the washing machine you know, we're going to wash this well, up. Okay, that's a good step. Yeah. And All so right. I took a hand towel and tied it around his waist. And I was like, well, you're going to wear you're gonna wear this until your clothes gets out of the washer and dryer. So his mom comes home and his clothes was still in the dryer. And so the mom comes to my house to, to pick him up. And she comes to the door. She's like, hey, I'm here. And I was like, there was a situation. <laughs> She was like, what type of situation? Yeah, and I was like, I didn't have a spare pair of clothes for this child that you left me with. (laughs) I was like, so his clothes are in the dryer because there was an accident. 
And so he comes around me with a big old smile on his face because he has like this little hand towel around his waist. <laughs> so the next time, I'll I'll, ke- I'll continue with this story. The next time she asked you to watch him, what did you do? I didn't do anything. You come to my house. Oh, I did. I did. And I, yeah, the next time. Yes. That is right. I did. <laughs> I forgot about that. So that I could take That's care of true. it. That's true. Well, I couldn't be trusted. You are correct, <laughs> sir. You could not. I forgot. So this said child, he was the sweetest little thing. He was so cute. He was cute. He was so cute. Fixed dinner. Don't even remember what it was that I fixed. I remember that it was probably car- something in the microwave. I know it had carrots. No, I think it was a roast and po- potatoes and carrots. I think is what it was. Was it? I think so. And I set him up a little TV tray, you know, so he could eat in the living room with the adults, mm-hmm. you know. And he was sitting there and he was eating. And I'm like, wow, he's eating real good, you know. And I turn around and. I look back around and my dogs are sitting at his feet just waiting because that kid don't like carrots and kept picking them up and throwing them on the floor. <laughs> so I knew not to ever feed him carrots again. <laughs> I think it was carrots. <laughs> oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. The next time she needed someone to watch him, I was like, yeah, yeah he calls I'll me. do it. We'll go over to Kim's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so sweet, though. So Kim, someday I'm gonna have grandbabies. I can't hardly wait. Yeah, I hope they don't like carrots. Yeah. <laughs> Dig, you'll eat them. <laughs> there you go. You're, that little dog's not gonna be alive. Little wiry little thing. Who says? He's only. <laughs> he's five. on his last leg. Is he really? He's only five. I feel like he's like fifty. Oh, oh, he's the ugliest Oreo little thing. Was 10, 12 when we had to have her put down. And Bugs was 10 when he died. So, yeah, Ugh. he still has a good five years. A couple anyway. years left on him. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a harvester of dogs. Yeah, then, then we'll get another one. You know, my daughter's at the house. Her son, or her, her son, her husband. I mean, Wonder her son. And their dog that's... The huge one? A pony. Yeah. What kind of dog is that? Oh, I don't remember. He's got like three different things in him. Border Collie, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, my grandma always had but he, a chihuahua. He comes up to my at least my waist, if not a little bit higher. He can stand on the ground and put his chin on the counter. If I'm standing at the counter doing something, he'll he'll poke his nose in between my arm and then he'll just the tip of his snout will just lay right on the edge of the counter and just sit there and watch me. You've probably never seen someone look so short as you though. Emily's not that much taller than me. Uh, she's still taller than you. Anyway, yeah, so the dogs don't get along, so it is a, it's a war in your house. It is, it, it, and it looks like a war has gone through my <laughs> house. It's awful. Which is funny because when she's not home, there's nothing going on in mm. your home. No, I just, Ziggy, I sit usually in my recliner when I don't come to the office and, and work in my recliner, and Ziggy lays on my laps and sleeps all day long, and half the time it's 8, 9 o'clock at night before I realize what time it is. And I stop working and <laughs> go fix supper. But, yeah, there's absolutely nothing that goes on at my house. And so, I mean, I've gotten really used to that. 
right. you know, nothing being going on. So my nerves have been a little, a little shaky with, well, it's, a, it's a little stressful trying to keep the dogs apart so they don't fight. Mm. Kim and I went to the local concert hall here in our oh, town. Yes. It's called mm-hmm. the Honeywell Center. And we had a really good. That was a lot of fun. I really, lo- I really we had, enjoyed it. We had a, a meal there before our show, but mm-hmm. we went and saw the Wizards of Winter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. It's like a rock winter show. The Siber- Grand Siberian Orchestra. What What is the name of that one? Well, well I mean, you just butchered that one, but that I sounds okay. <laughs> I, don't, I know it's we'll something it. Siberian Orchestra, but I can't yeah. remember what the first part of it yeah, is. It sounds okay. But anyway, that's what they're like. It was yeah. really cool. It was fun. It did, made me want to go. Job. I mean, I've always wanted to go see the other one anyway. So after we went and watched them, I went home and started watching YouTube videos <laughs> on the other one, the other one, because I thought, oh, I would really like to go. And yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was really nice. I liked it a lot. It was really good. I liked it, and I'm not normally one that enjoys like rock shows like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the arts, so you can probably talk me into any type of shows. Except I really dislike shows where there's lots of children involved, like involved in the audience. And the reason is because it seems to me that some parents will bring their children and almost just drop them off. So yeah. they'll just be playing around they don't, and they doing don't their own parent thing. Them while yeah. they're there. So yeah, then I can't I pay attention. I can't hear what's going on because there's children just screaming and hollering and Yeah. There's nothing on. I mean, older generation, but there's nothing that I hate worse than going to a store or going someplace and some parent is not paying attention to their child and their child is either doing something <laughs> dangerous, you know, or annoying the shit out of other people oh, yeah. and just ignoring them, not paying any attention. Right. That makes me so mad. So mad. I'm like, really? Can you not pay attention to what your kid is doing? <laughs> I mean, I used to do it. <laughs> so can we, are- there was another thing that we went and done that we haven't talked about since we, Oh yeah. do you remember? What is it? We went and seen a movie. Oh yeah. We, well, we went and saw Wonka, the Wonka. new Wonka movie. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really I good. I really liked but it. But I'm also a fan of like movies, plays, and musicals. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you're not a fan yeah, you of that stuff, wouldn't. you probably wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really lot. good. Yeah. And some of the songs. I would songs, watch it again. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Some of the songs in it were really good. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot of the songs in it. And I also liked that because it is more like a musical. That it is so different, although it's still a prequel, so the storyline's a lot different than the other two movies. Mm-hmm. But I also like that because the storyline's different and because it's more like a musical, it is so much different mm-hmm. than the other two. There is so much in our universe that remains hidden until now. My name is Kristen Seavey, and I have some stories that you might want to hear on the podcast, The Hidden Staircase. Whether it's true crime, paranormal occurrences, or perhaps something beyond the stars, I keep all their stories safe in my library. So come with me down the staircase, pull up a chair, and let's discover the enigmas that remain hidden from us all. Listen to The Hidden Staircase now wherever you get podcasts. 
Growing up as a latchkey kid in a small town in Maine, I always assumed I was safe. After all, unless it made national news, murder wasn't something people talked about around here. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Murder, She Told is an award-winning true crime podcast that dives into the lesser-known cold cases and true crime stories from Maine, New England, and beyond. Created by me, Kristen Zevi, a victim's advocate. Murder, She Told uses detailed storytelling with an investigative twist, weaving in original interviews with those closest to the case. Rooted in deep research, straightforward narratives, and the victims and their family at the center of every story, Murder, She Told will speak to any listener, no matter where they call home. Learn more at MurderSheTold.com or find Murder, She Told now wherever you get podcasts. I really, I have really become a fan of prequels. Mm. Because you get to see where that character come from. Yeah. You know, why they're the way they are. Yeah. Because we also went and seen um, the prequel to The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Games. Yeah, Yeah. we've seen that one. So you find out how Snow became, you know, the person that he was. and The big poo-poo head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really a fan of the prequels. Me too. Do you know Ida starred watching the other day? What? Indiana Jones. You finally watched it? Yeah, I had never seen. I might have like watched a one-off movie. It just playing in the Which background. Which ones have you seen? I just watched you the just very the first, first one. one. Yeah, so I'm going to go through and watch all of them. Mm-hmm. Now, Disney Plus did have a series for a while that had, it, I think it was a, mm. like a younger version of Indiana Jones. But I haven't seen that one. Mm. I probably wouldn't watch that one. But I enjoyed the first one. It was really good, mm-hmm. especially because I thought it was funny because it's older than I am. Like, it came out before I was born. <laughs> She's over here shaking her head. Baby. Do you remember when it came out? I do. You do? It was in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 85 or something. Yeah. Something like that. I'm pulling that out of my I'm pretty sure I went to the theater to see it when it first came out. Oh, yeah. What's so surprising to me is how they are able to bring old movies and, like, make them in ultra-high definition. So, although that movie was made in the mid-80s, when I watched it, it was in ultra 4K. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, so clear, colorful, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, it's so amazing how they're able to upscale this. Right. So that we can watch it like that. They've, you know, made their Golden Girls into HD. Mm-hmm. So I've always thought that that was really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they're I like able how to they, do that. I like how they redid, back in the day, when they redone Wizard of Oz. It looked so much better after they had redone it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Made it into color. Color. The Wizard of Oz was always in color. Right. The very beginning it was, of it wasn't, though. It's in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, while she's in Kansas. Yeah, while she's in Kansas. Yeah. The, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because it's it's the Technicolor. Right. It was the very first movie that once they, they had used. It. Yeah. Well, once they redone it, the colors were a lot more brighter. brighter yeah, they probably vibrant. made it into HD, and then, yeah. you know, they just kept making it better and better and brighter and brighter. There was another, there was a sequel to the... Wizard of Oz, but I can't remember what the name of it was. Oh, there's there's a few sequels. 
Oh, there's a weird one that I watched probably a year ago. It has like these people on roller skates. Oh my gosh. They made one. It's like, like Dorothy right- goes back to Oz. I can't think of what it's called. I'm sure someone out there knows what I'm talking oh, yeah, about. Probably. They're probably but oh my gosh. I, it just happened to be on TV one day. And it doesn't have any of the original characters, of course. It's like mm. made several years after the original movie. But it's based off of Bomb, one of Baum's later, later books. Mm-hmm. He made several other, you know, right. sequels. There's like the original books. Isn't there like 17 or 18 of them? I don't, I don't remember how There's many. A There's lot. a lot though. Yeah. And so this movie that I watched, Dorothy ends up in a mental facility and then she ends up going back to Oz and there's this like evil lady who steals people's faces and there are these people, (laughs) this sounds so weird that I'm just like pulling this out of nowhere. There's like these people running around on these rollerblades skate things it's such a weird movie movie. oh my gosh what i'm thinking of came out it was either it had to have been early 2013 or really late 2012 because i can remember they were starting to show ads on tv about it you know the previews and stuff and amber wanted to see it but we didn't get to see it until after amber passed away Mm. and I remember I probably sat and cried through most of it, and it was it had nothing to do with the plot of the movie because the colors and the way they had the sets was all mystical and that type of thing. And all I could think of is, I wonder if this is what heaven looks like. Mm. But it was a good movie that I could remember. But yeah, you like just I don't remember I, the name of the movie. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> remember the name of the movie. I remember it was pretty good, but I just kept thinking – I wonder if this is what you were seeing. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, it was different. Mm. It was real different. Yeah. If you think of the name of the movie, you'll have to let us I'll know. I'll look it up. And yeah. You'll put it with the episode. We'll put it in the description. Yeah, we'll put it in the description. Yeah. All right, Kim. So what are we talking about today? We are going to do something a little bit different today just yeah. because Josh is not here and we don't like leaving Josh out. Yeah, we don't want to leave him out. We don't want to leave him out. So I was talking to Shane and I decided, hey, what we should do is talk about some cases, past cases that have affected us personally. Yeah. So that's what I All right. that's what we decided Kim, to do. Lay it on me. What case has intrigued you the most or affected you? I have a few. Of course, we have talked about one of them. Okay, what is it? John Benet Ramsey. Oh, yeah. And now we have not only, I mean, I've met her dad. Mm-hmm. We've seen the home yep. in Boulder, Colorado. Yep. We've been to her grave. We've been to her grave site. Yep. I mean, I, I at think, this point, we're, at this point, we're basically experts. I mean, I would think. <laughs> what else is there to. I think see. the reason why I've never been able to get past that case, number one, I think it's a mom thing. Mm. You know, a, a child, I think it's kind of a mom thing. But that happened in 96. So Amber was like a little over a year old. And I think that's why it hit me so bad when she died that I've just never been able to get past sure. that that case. And I just, I really wish that they would find, figure out who done it mm-hmm. and put them to justice 
because the family needs that. I mean, I don't think that the family had anything to do with it. Right. And they were accused for so long, and there's still people that think that they had something to do with it. I just wish they would find the person, whether it be them or not. I don't think it is, but I wish they'd figure it out and put it to justice so that she can rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And that would give, you know, their family and peace of mind. And it, it that one just it breaks my heart completely. You know what's interesting about John Benet Ramsey's case is that so many people criticize her family, mm-hmm. her mom, dad, and brother on how they reacted after she went missing and after she was found murdered. Mm-hmm. And they always felt, and I've, I've seen this with many other murder cases, oh, they're not acting right. That's not how you act, these people right. will say, when you have a missing child or when your child is killed. And I think that you are the perfect person to go to mm-hmm. when you talk about that subject yes. because you've experienced it. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. about how you – it's really hard, and there, there's no rule book. No, there isn't. Everybody – On how to act. No, everybody is, has a different reaction. Yeah. And when I found out that Amber passed away, within – I mean, I, I was in huge shock for a long time afterwards. But I – for a good hour, maybe two after I heard – I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But after that, the first clear thing that I remember is I have to get up and clean the house because right. family's going to come. Yeah. Now imagine that would have been filmed. People would have seen your reaction oh, yeah. of you cleaning the dishes, mm-hmm. sweeping. And, you know, if, if Amber would have been murdered, you would have been criticized oh, yeah. at that moment if her case was mm-hmm. unsolved. Exactly. And in that moment, you didn't break down. You weren't constantly crying. I mean, I remember crying when I first found out. And But once I got into that mindset afterwards, I've got to get this house looking decent for people to come. And then after that mindset was her friends and the school. And yeah, I cried on and off. But I don't remember crying a lot you know, not as much as what you would expect mm-hmm. until after the funeral, basically. Yeah. I mean, I cried through the funeral, yeah, but I did not, like, have huge breakdowns or anything until after everything was over mm-hmm. because I was in shock so bad. Right. And I was so concentrating on making sure that Emily was okay, making sure her friends were okay, making sure our family was okay. You know, and I was more worried about them than I was myself. And and I think that's why I had such a hard time after that, because I didn't deal with it for so long. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's always going to affect me. You know, that's my kid. Do I wish she was here? Hell yeah, I do. Right. You know, and at this point in my life, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. I love what I do. I love my job. I I'm divorced. I don't have anybody to answer to. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. <laughs> and I'm the happiest that I have ever been. Do I wish she was here? Absolutely. I wish mm-hmm. she was here. Those types of things also mold you into the person that you are. Mm-hmm. I wish she was here. I, re- 
above all, I wish she was here. But would I be the same person as, that I am now? Would I be in the same spot that I am now? Would I still be working in hell, as we call it? Would I still be there? You know, would I have ever gotten remarried? You just, would I be a grandma now? That's always been my yeah. big thing is I would, because I want grandkids so bad. And I right. think that's, that's a normal thing for yeah. a parent. And she was you know? older than Emily. Yeah, so she if she was, was still alive, she older. probably would have had she children. Been 28. Right. Yeah, she would have been 28. Yeah. So whether she would have been married and had kids, I don't know, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. And I also, we've talked about this before. So, but when you went through that, after you had gotten the initial news of Amber dying, it's almost like you were shocked and you, in order to get through that, you were focused on other people. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, can you imagine if the news was focused so much on you? No. I like, don't. it's, and you, and still though, you did have people who criticized you. Yeah, for how long I grieved. For how long you grieved mm-hmm. and felt sad. But I think that's why I grieved for so long is because I was more worried about everybody else than I was. Yeah. I didn't grieve until initially. Right. Yeah. Initially, initially you weren't afterwards. Grieving. Right. And I think that's why it I it took me such a long time right. to to be okay, to learn my new normal. Sure. You know, and and be all right with it. Sure. And because when you lose a child like that, one of your biggest things is there there's a couple things. One is are people going to forget are they going to forget her? Mm-hmm. And no parent wants their child forgot. Right. You know, she was here. She was alive. So you're always afraid that people are going to go on with their lives and forget who she was. And you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I was always afraid of that. And I was also afraid of everybody else just getting through it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted everybody else to get through it. I think a big problem also for the Ramsey family was that they also had another child. Mm -hmm. You know, you had that with Emily that you, you know, you lost Amber in that moment, but you also now had to continue caring for Emily. Mm -hmm. And that's rough. Yeah. That's rough because I remember just sitting and crying my eyes out because I felt like I couldn't take care of myself, let alone her. I feel like I wasn't being a good mom, Mm -hmm. you know. And I didn't want her to think that if the shoe had been on the other foot, that I wouldn't have mourned her at all. And I remember saying to her a few times, you know, if this had been you, I would have been the exact same way. Mm. And yeah, I know, mom. I know, mom. And she was really, which she was 10. So she wasn't real young, but she wasn't, you know, an adult either. Mm -hmm. But I hate that she had to grow up really quickly because she did feel she didn't show after the initial part and everything and then when i started having a lot of problems she never showed me when she was having problems because she knew that just hurt me worse Mm -hmm. you know knowing that i couldn't do anything about it and so she would always keep things to herself and kind of bottle them all in or she talked to my aunt about it or whatever but she always thought about, you know, I don't want to hurt mom. And Were you able, after Amber initially died, were you able to get put onto medication to help you? Uh, yes. How quickly? Very quickly. 
within two days. Yeah. So that normally that also helps you deal with not being able to um, show emotion too. Right. Because it was, it was volume. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I didn't sleep for 48 hours. I didn't eat for a week and a half. Right. You know, and yeah, that is the only thing that really got me through was I remember I had nothing to wear. I'm like, <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to wear for, you know, for her funeral, at least nothing nice. And everybody knew, the whole community knew. I went to Walgreens while we were trying to get the funeral stuff together. And I wanted to get a canvas portrait of Amber to put on her casket because it was a closed casket. And I went to Walgreens and I wanted a a big poster. And then I talked about getting a canvas while I ended up getting the poster because I couldn't afford the canvas. After we left there, they called me within five minutes and they knew you know, the situation. And they said, we're going to do this for you. So they gave me the canvas. Mm. And that's the picture I use when I go hmm. and talk to schools. Right. But when I, I called the doctor the day after it happened or whatever, and they knew because, you know, we were patients there. So they knew they got me right in. They got me prescribed something. And when they went to call it in, they said, go to this place to get it because they're the quickest. I said, okay. She says, I'll explain what's going on. So they will get you out fast because I had no strength. I hadn't ate. I hadn't slept. I, it was all I could do just to get up and move and walk. And so we went in, got the medication and, and left. And then we had to go clothes shopping. So we went to a store and they knew I have no idea how because they didn't have a picture of me in the paper. <laughs> it was just a picture of Amber, you mm-hmm. know. And but it's like everybody knew who I was and I got fame in mm-hmm. quotations because of it and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It's a lot different than this type of fame, you know. Yeah, it was like infamy. It, yeah, and it's and everybody is would just hi Kim, how you doing? Mhm. And who the crap are you? You know, I have no idea who a lot of these people were. I know they meant well, you know, I had no problem with it, but it was like, I just don't like this fame because this isn't something that I want to be known for, you know? Do you think that your experience with Amber, losing Amber, made you feel closer to the JonBenet Ramsey case over time? I think so. I think it did. I Just because... It happened so close. You know, Amber wasn't just a little over a year old. Mm -hmm. Her family was in the spotlight. You know, I had been in the spotlight because of Amber. And I think that had a lot to do with it, why I've never been able to get past that case. Mm. And I just wish they would solve it. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they're going to be able to someday. I hope so. I, I do hope so. I know they have DNA that they've been trying to get them to test and they're right. fighting on that, and I just wish they would do it and, and right. find out and let that little girl rest. She deserves it. Mm-hmm. And so does Patsy. Right. She deserves to rest in peace, too. Yeah. Buried behind JonBenet Ramsey is Patsy Ramsey, of mm-hmm. course, her mom, her mom, who died of cancer, I believe. Yes. Do you have another mystery for the main one? Um, or another, excuse me, another 
Taste yes. for the main one or is I it do for and then I have one more for unmasked. So one of my other ones that I've never been able to get past. When we worked in hell, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mean a lot of podcasts. And I come up on this one podcast and it was a series like we do with foul play. It was a series, I can't remember, it had maybe 10 episodes in it or something. Mm-hmm. And it was on the East Area Rapist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Golden State Killer. He had yeah. like five or six different names. And so I came upon this podcast and I listened to it. And as long as I was, I was, I was at work, I was good. I could listen to it. But like the last hour of the day... I had to listen to something else because mm-hmm. I lived alone, you know, and this guy, he was breaking into places, raping women, doing all of this stuff. Right. And I lived alone except for with Emily, but what's a 10 year old, 12 year old girl going to do right. You know, if somebody breaks in? You're in charge of protecting her. Right. Yeah. And I remember the last hour of the day at work, I had to listen to something different. I had to listen to something to get my mind off of that one because I would go home and I would be so creeped out mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be able to to function because I'd be looking out the window, looking to see if anybody's looking in the window oh, yeah. at me. And the name of this podcast was actually called Man in the Window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it has to have been the creepiest podcast I ever listened to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just the time of my life when I listened to it, that it made it that way. I don't know if it was because, you know, I lived alone. I I don't know what it was, but that podcast just really messed me up for a long time. And eventually they finally did catch the guy because when I listened to it, it was an unsolved case. Right. And I think that got me really bad too, because it could be anybody that you walk He's by. He's still out there. He's still out there. Yeah. And he had over 13 murders. He raped 51 women. He broke into 120 places. Mm-hmm. He done a lot of damage. And that's only what he got convicted for. Right. There was a lot of other stuff that actually they didn't convict him. He pled guilty. Right. So, he, yeah, he pled guilty. And actually, there was other things that he had done that they couldn't even charge him for because of the statute of limitations. Mm. So that wasn't all of the stuff that he'd done. And he was a cop. Right. And that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. Because he knew, you know, they were looking for this guy that right. was doing all this How stuff. Convenient. Yeah. And he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. It, that one just really messed with me for a really long time. Well, you know, one of the people involved in that case was Paul Holes, who is famous in the true crime community. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, Paul Holes. And Paul Holes, of course, he's been at CrimeCon many times. And right. We've seen him speak. Mm-hmm, I've met him many times. He's been on Foul Play. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, the map series? Yeah. He yeah. was... Oh, he was with Wendy and I. Mm. Wendy and I interviewed him in the map series. Right. I remember that now. Yeah. I really nice I don't think I realized that he was involved in that case. Yeah. But yeah, that case just messed me up for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It was different than, you know, the Jean Benet case because that one was just really sad to me. Right. And But I didn't think about whoever actually did it could still be out there and might do it again or, you know, that's. That didn't never really occur to me with that case. Mm-hmm. I just felt so bad for her and so bad for her family. And, you know, and, but this case is like, oof, 
he's still out there. Right. You don't know where he's at. Right. So when they finally did catch him, I mean, it was like a nobody even knew that they were onto him or anything. They didn't have anything. And then all of a sudden there was a press conference with him, you know, that they had gotten him. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> they finally got this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And after listening to that podcast, I was extremely happy when I found out that they got him. Extremely happy. <laughs> I, I think I might've breathed a little bit easier after that. <laughs> Just because that podcast messed me up so bad. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, Kim. So do you want to know what cases have affected me the most? Okay. So one of them has been Sister Kathy's case. Mm. So I had found out about Sister Kathy's case because I was working on Beverly Jaros' case. Mm -hmm. Beverly was murdered in 1964 near Cleveland, Ohio. Beverly was murdered in Garfield Heights, a suburb of Cleveland. And so I was looking for other similar types of murders of young Catholic women Mm -hmm. who was murdered. And I came across a young woman named Catherine Sesnick, who was murdered in 1969 in Baltimore. And so I started looking into Sister Kathy's case. I found out that she was a nun, a, a sister, and she had been strangled similar to Beverly's case. And... I started asking around to people, and I eventually tracked down someone who said that they were a former student of Sister Kathy's. So I remember I set up an interview with her so I could record a podcast episode with her. Didn't know anything about the case, Sister Kathy, nothing. And the woman I was speaking with was, her name was Teresa Lancaster, and We start the recording, and Teresa lays out that she had been sexually abused by a priest, and all of this information, she just spills it all out, and she lays out that she thinks that, you know, Kathy could have been killed by this network Mm -hmm. of priests, and I'm just, like, thrown back in my chair, like, can't believe what i'm hearing and that was like the first time i had ever heard of a network of abusive priests like this see it's kind of the same thing as what it is with me with the cop oh yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. kind of the same reaction and initially it sounded too outlandish to be true it sounded too unbelievable like how could why why would why would people hurt an innocent person an innocent school teacher who had nothing to do with abuse that was going on why would they choose to kill her mm-hmm. you know that didn't sound realistic to me and then the more that i talked to other people the more that i realized the extent of the situation 
And so the next person I spoke to was with Jemma Hoskins. And if any of these names sound familiar, it's because now there's a Netflix series called The Keepers. And Gemma and I, after we met and started recording that podcast together, we went on to record many episodes together. Jim is ongoing. An, Jim is an amazing person. Yeah. I've been there for a few of them. Yeah. And so Gemma and I started recording a lot of episodes together. And they recorded the keepers during that process and put it out. And all of the people that you see in the keepers have participated with Gemma and I, and we continue to look into Sister Kathy's murder. But the unbelievable thing to me as a non-Catholic person is how much power these priests, these Catholic priests had over these Catholic people who believed in the religion so much the very things that they were doing to, to their victims, the very sexual behavior that these predators were doing to their victims. The Catholic survivors were so brainwashed with the Catholic ideology that they truly believed that it was God's work, and that's what these priests told them. And it's like I'm losing my ability to, to say in words, <laughs> like, how frustrating that is mm -hmm. to realize, like, when I realized what was going on. Right. And then came the realization, eventually, that there was this man on top, Father Joseph Maskell, who always got his way always got what he wanted, mm -hmm. whether the church gave it to him or his other priestly friends or the police officers that also it called him father. Pocket. Yeah. They always gave him what he wanted. And then finally, it seems that one person told him no and tried to say something about it. And she ended up being murdered for it. At least that seems that way to me. Mm. So I think that's the reason that the case has always stuck with me. I think in a world where we hear a lot about child abuse and for people who have gone through sexual abuse in everyone's life, I think that we always look for a figure like Sister Kathy you know, I think everyone wants there to be a Sister Kathy in their life. Mm -hmm. And just to think that there was an institution who didn't protect the children, it's despicable. And in podcasting, there is a rule, an unspoken rule that people kind of speak about. <laughs> and that is... If you want people to listen to your episodes, they will not have a tolerance if you talk about crimes against children, especially sexual crimes against children. In Sister Kathy's episode, I have 89 episodes of sexual crimes against children. 
So I don't know how to say it loud enough to make people hear it. That what happened wasn't okay. It's not okay. And the institutions that have allowed it to happen are still allowing it to happen. And they're not apologizing for it. Right. So there are 89 episodes. There will be more. It's the only ongoing series I've ever done. Foul Play is on 29 seasons. And I'm not sure when people will realize how important that is. Mm -hmm. That at some point in time, that change has to come. That the institution who harbored these people these predators and the attorney general's investigation in Maryland did an entire investigation and learned that the Catholic church in Maryland harbored them, knew about the abuse, let it happen. Absolutely despicable. I don't understand people sometimes. Absolutely despicable. And I, I guess I just want to make sure that I use whatever platform I have, whatever voice I have, no matter how small I think I am, that I am doing what I think Sister Kathy would do now. Say it to whoever will listen, no matter if it is a taboo subject or not. See, I get where you say it's a taboo subject. Yeah. Because there was a large podcast that I used to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name it because I no longer listen to it, nor do I like <laughs> the host of it. Yeah. Found out a lot of shit about the host and <laughs> not my kind of person, okay? Yeah. So I used to listen to this one religiously when we worked in hell. Yeah. And anytime that the, it was something against a child, of course, they usually put up, you know, a thing, a warning tr- yeah. in the beginning of it. If it was something against a child, I, I didn't listen to it. Right. I just, I couldn't do it. Right. And I don't know. I'm sure I probably could now just because of Sister Kathy's case, because it's kind of desensitized, I guess. And I probably could now, but, and he used to do a lot of stuff on kids. Yeah. But I just. I think my frustration You know, I understand it. I understand that it's a hard subject. People don't want to hear it. I get it. My frustration with it is that those predators who do it, the predators who are doing those crimes, they know people don't want to hear it. Right. They know people will not want to follow the case. Yep. They're banking on it. Yeah. And that's what those priests banked on. Mm -hmm. So... When we aren't listening, when we aren't using the right words, it's harmful as a society, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And the perfect example is we were recording one of the episodes, and one of the survivors in the episode vocalized how frustrating it is when people downsize or downplay what happened to her as a child. She said that she hates when people say that she was abused. And she said, no, it is called rape. 
I was raped as a child. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. I was raped by a man. Yeah. But she said, because I was a child, people don't want to call it that because it's too hurtful for them to hear it. And I think even now when listeners are listening to this and they hear that, they're going to get this feeling of emotions. I don't want to hear it. I don't don't want to listen to this anymore. Just because we don't want to listen to it doesn't mean it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. The perfect example of that is earlier this year, I went to a concentration camp Mm -hmm. in Munich, Germany, one of the first. And I was inside a gas chamber. A lot of people who were in that area didn't feel comfortable entering that gas chamber. And it was because it was too emotional for them to do it. And it, my personal, it would have been for me. Yeah. But I would have went. Yeah. Because it, it would have been important to me to be in this place where all these people did lose their yeah. lives and know that it was not right. Yeah. They should never have been there. Yeah. And I think at some point in time with history, we have to accept feeling uncomfortable with what happened and learning about what makes us feel uncomfortable. Because if we don't, the people who did these crimes, whether it be Nazis, whether it be child rapists, they are banking on people feeling too uncomfortable to hear it on a podcast, Mm -hmm. to witness it in a courtroom, or to walk into a gas chamber, to see it, or to believe it to be true. So that's history for you. Mm -hmm. At certain points, if people aren't hearing it, they're not going to believe it. So that's a little history right. lesson. And people for us will all. forget it and then yeah. the cycle will start over again. Right. And it, it's going to happen again if right. people don't remember what happened and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And a perfect example for that for children going through sexual crimes if we aren't hearing about these cases, we may miss how often it's happening or we may miss as a society what needs to happen, what laws we may need to pass to protect children. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, an outlandish law to me. Unbelievable. And I think this is a frustration that I have, which is why I have 89 episodes (laughs) on it. Like, how many times do I have to use a bullhorn to get this message across? In Maryland, just like in many states, If you hear about a child being abused, you have to report it. Mm. There's one exception in Maryland. If you are a priest, a Catholic priest, you do not have to report it. Now, the law says that you would have had to have heard about it in confession. But I can see how they would twist that little law. Exactly. Oh, I'm a priest. Yeah. Loophole. And. I see the irony in it that this is the very profession that so much abuse has happened. Why would we give them the only free grace? Doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, so that case has clearly, as you can tell in my Mm -hmm. voice from when I talk about this, has affected me a lot. So, yeah, that is the... (laughs) That is one of the cases that has affected me a lot. Another one that I wanted to talk about is Wendy's aunt's murder. Wendy's aunt, of course, we have talked about that on the show. 
She was murdered 15 years ago. Her name was Sharon Birchwood. She was murdered in England by a hitman. And I think one of the reasons that it affects me so much is because Wendy has become such a good friend of mine. And when Wendy or anyone else has described her aunt, she describes her as I would describe Wendy. A larger-than-life personality, bubbly, colorful. That's how I describe you. (laughs) (laughs) Who everyone loves to be around. I don't think I'd go that far. Oh my gosh, you're so rude to me. So also one of the reasons that bothers me so much is to imagine someone who is so wonderful having to endure so much at the end of their life. Her aunt, Sharon also had, when she was murdered, she was, of course, murdered by a hitman. What they know is that she likely had just gotten a Christmas card from her mom in the mail because in her hand when she was found was a stamp from a postcard that was on a postcard from her mom. So that's how they were able to connect the time of death. So the last thing Sharon probably saw was that postcard. She was probably reading it. The hitman was hired by her ex-husband. And when the hitman killed her in her own home, he then put her on her bed and covered her up with an entire array of clothing that he took out of her closets. I mean, piled it on top of her in this huge mound. But before he did that, he did what we call hogtied her. So her hands were tied and then tied around her face, Mm -hmm. and her feet were tied. And she was also strangled with a cord. And that's how she died, because she was strangled with that cord. I want to know what his thinking was about putting her all those clothes on. It was because he was trying, and he also closed the curtains. He was trying to keep her body warm. So that it would prolong oh, the decompensation. Yeah. So whenever she was found, it would make it harder for them to figure out when she was killed. So in the meantime, Sharon's husband, the day that she was killed, he was out shopping far away. He made sure he was on camera the entire day so that if they were able to pinpoint the day, they would know that it couldn't have been him. So eventually he was a suspect, but then they're like, oh, well, he could have done it because he has a solid alibi. Right. He's like, oh, well, this is where I was. And they pull it and they're like, you know, it's odd that he's always on camera. Legitimately, he's not entering any of the stores. He's like looking at the camera and making sure he's always on camera. That's not inconspicuous at all. Yeah. So Wendy and I covered it on season 15 of Foul Play. We started releasing it on the 15th anniversary mm-hmm. of Sharon's murder. I think she did an awesome job with that. She did a series. really good job, yeah. And She wrote it too, right? Yeah, she wrote it and narrated it. It was really, really good. And we got the award at CrimeCon in, in London for it because it was such a powerful series. And couldn't have been prouder of it. But it's always a case that has stuck around with me just because of the emotions around it. Mm-hmm. And because although I've never met Sharon, because Wendy is so much like Sharon, 
Sharon was not only her aunt, but her godmother, mm-hmm. that I just feel like I knew her. So I have this connection. Mm-hmm. So You're it's like always, that with Amber, too. Yeah. With as much as I talk about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like you yeah. know her. Exactly. So I just get these connections, and it's hard for me to let it go. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So that's a case that's always stuck around with me. But I do have one that I will save for our Unmasked episode. So be sure to stick around for that. Speaking of CrimeCon, I cannot wait for CrimeCon this year. I know. It's going to be so good. Kim's going to join me. It's going to be in Nashville this year. Nashville. Yeah, it's Josh will be, be good. there too. Yeah, we're going to bring Josh us, along. Yeah, all three of us. You guys should come and see us. Yeah, I'll make sure that hopefully in the next episode I'll have a code. So if listeners would like to go, you can use our code to get a little ticket so it'll be discounted and you can go to it and meet us there. So last year when I went, I met some listeners from Mystery Inc. And I didn't realize that any listeners from Mystery Inc. was going to be going. And it was so cute because they're like, I just love you and your brother. Aww. And I love hearing stories about your grandma. And it's even better now that I'm on it all the time. Well, Kim, we will find out if anyone wants their picture with you. Come on, guys. Don't let me down. <laughs> where, Somebody come Kim's to Crime fans? Con. Somebody come Crime Con. Yeah, it's, get your picture taken with me. <laughs> Come on. It's in Nashville at the Gaylord. The Gaylord. Which is a beautiful place. I have always wanted to see the Oh, Gaylord. we're in Nashville. We should go to the Johnny Cash Museum again. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and somebody, Scott told me, my uncle, told me that Garth Brooks just opened a dive bar there. Mm. I think that would be fun to go mm. to, too. It would be. Yeah, there's a few yeah, well, things that I'd like to do there. We'll make sure that we set our table up and we'll bring our picture of our grandma and we'll bring a picture of Amber mm, yeah, for okay. people, too. That'd be cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that'd be good. Maybe we'll find a little to-go gift for, for any Mystery Inc. listeners that come. But they have oh, to tell us that they're Mystery Inc. listeners true. to get the to-go gift. Hey, so it'll a, be a secret under-the-table gift. That would be a really good thing to do, actually. Yeah. We should all get matching sh- you know, shirts oh, yeah. or something. Do some shirts Oh, Kim, I'm so glad you said that. Because I have something to show you. You do? Yeah. I love it when you have something so, to show me. So do you remember how you told us, and I think it was the last episode, maybe the episode, I, I lose track. Yeah, I You I wanted your too. picture on something. You remember? On the logo. Yeah. Well, I didn't put your picture on the logo. That's too much work. Dead to me. Like, I don't have effort. I don't have that much effort or time. What else did I say that I wanted my picture on? I don't remember. No, we were just talking about your picture on the logo. But I got your picture on something for you. Oh, shoot. You open this, Kim. Oh, no. You you open that. And I want to let our listeners know that there's two of them in here. And today on Patreon, we're going to pull out randomly on Patreon. Actually, we have a board here. We're just going to randomly do this. On air right now, Kim. Okay. Here, let's pull this board up. We have this little wheel that counts to 10. And we have two things in here. Okay. So, Kim, we will spin this twice. Okay. After you open it, okay? Uh-huh. And we will, whatever number it goes on, we will go back into our Patreon 
and the most recent people is what number it will come on. So like number one will be the most recent one. Two is the second most recent person who joined. Oh, okay. Three, I got you. And so on. And it goes to 10. Okay. And we will also do that for our VIP Patreons. So one for okay. normal Patreon, which includes VIP. I thought you said there was only two. There's two. There. Yeah. So we're going to spend it twice. So you're giving, I thought one of them was mine. No, you're not getting one of them. You're going to put my picture on something and then not let me have it. Yeah. All right. So does this make sense? Yes, You're going to open sense. it and then we're, okay, so here, you want your picture on something. You remember that. I remember. You just remember that. You want your picture on something. I'm really scared. Don't make me do it. It's already open. You can just put, put your hand in that. Just the cutest little that thing. That is hilarious. Where did you have that made at? Oh, I, I, that's my secret kit. Oh. I had it made. I can't believe it. I don't care. Isn't that just the cutest that little darnest thing? Funny. That is so cute. You just look like a little cute little thing. All right. What picture did you take that off of? That's was it the, the one. one? Was it the group one? No. Remember when that lady came in here and was oh, taking our pictures? Yeah. Yeah, and then she didn't even put it put me in the blog. I know. But I got that picture. I oh, got use out of it. Great. Yeah. So here, let me see it. You didn't even hold it up for the camera to yes, see. I did. did you? Yeah. Okay. It's just not very well, I mean, we're, we will make sure that we put we'll a, take picture a picture of, of it, it yeah. and put it on our Patreon. And when the episode goes out, we'll also put it on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. But isn't that so cute? Oh my god. You know it's like I got your double chin. <laughs> You mean my triple gin? No, I cut one of them out. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't say I never did anything mm. for you. All right. So, again, we're going to spin this wheel. And first one will go to all Patreons, VIP and regular. Second one is only VIP. Ready? Okay. All right. Second. Two. Okay. Do you need to write that down? Probably. <laughs> Text it. Look, thankfully you have your phone. Thankfully. So put normal two, and then VIP eight. Oh, that's my lucky number. Oh. Normal two, VIP eight. So we're going to send that out to you guys. Awesome. Oh. I think that should fit in the, just a plain envelope, too. Oh, like I'm a paper wet. Dummy. Don't be mean, Kim. Do you have anything else, Kim, for our main mm. episode? I was thinking about something earlier, but I don't remember what it oh. is. Maybe I'll remember for... For your unmasked. unmasked. All right, so make sure you guys join us on our unmasked because we have an extra case that affected us the most. But since Josh isn't here, I went ahead and wrote up a bless your heart. Oh, bless your oh, heart. No. All right. So here's my bless your heart. 
In my family, my little brother Josh has always been a beacon of courage and authenticity, qualities I deeply admire. Our upbringing in a Baptist family came with stringent beliefs about sexuality, where being gay was seen as not only a sin, but a direct path to external damnation. Despite this, Josh's spirit remained undaunted and true to himself. I remember vividly the days when, as kids, we would go to Kmart. While I gravitated towards Hot Wheels, Josh unapologetically chose Barbies. His choices were a silent but powerful rebellion against the daunting threats of eternal suffering alongside society's worsts. You know, murderers and rapists. He was fearless in his authenticity, even when it meant choosing pom-poms over more traditionally masculine items at our elementary school homecoming game. Josh's uniqueness was always on full display. I can still recall the sound of his keychain, laden with various trinkets and a single key clinking against his bright yellow swishy outfit. This vivid image became a symbol of his defiance against societal norms. One particular incident stands out after a family member lectured us on the importance of not appearing gay. Josh responded, not with words, but by purchasing matching yellow Old Navy flip-flops. Reinforcing his distinctive style, his resilience in the face of constant judgment, and the metaphorical anti-gay hammer was nothing short of remarkable. Each time he was struck down, he rose again, more sparkling and fabulous than before. For his unwavering courage and his ability to remain true to himself, in a world that often seemed against him, I find myself looking up to Josh. His heart, blessed with the strength to be himself, is a constant source of inspiration for me. And for that, I say, Josh, bless your heart. Oh, that was very sweet. You can be so sweet when you want to be, but it doesn't happen very often. Don't tell anyone. Sorry. They wouldn't believe you if if you told them. Every now and then. (laughs) Every now and then. It doesn't happen often, but every now and then. All right, guys. So if you want to join Kim and I after she goes and uses the bathroom, come on over to Unmasked. We can find us on Patreon, on Apple Podcasts also. Yes, and you procrastinators, remember the 26th of January is going to be our sleepover. So you need to become a Patreon before then. We're going to summon some demons in Kim's house. Great. Great. (laughs) We're going to do that and hard to tell what else we're going to do. Oh, man. I know we're going to have all kinds of junk food. (laughs) That's what I'm really excited for. I know me too. All right. Well, we'll talk at you guys later. All righty. Bye. Bye.